Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice, the C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Just like yesterday, I got a blockbuster show lined up for you today. Uh, my good buddy and, uh, of course, friend of the show, friend of mine, uh, when we first made the film Runaway Slave, uh, David Webb invited me to come up to his New York uh, studio there at um, Sirius XM and he actually, we actually filmed some footage of him and I together that's contained in the film. He's going to be my guest at the bottom of this hour, David Webb, Fox News contributor and uh, super uh, radio host and Patriot XM, XM Patriot Radio himself uh, is going to be my guest uh, for a segment at the bottom of the hour. So don't go anywhere. If you're in the east, that'll be 1230. Until about uh, 1245, David's going to be able to stay with us um, a little while. And um, if you're in the central time zone, it'll be 1130 um, to about 1145. So stay tuned. And uh, I promise you that David and I are going to get into some things. And I'm going to wind him up. David, you just need to wind David up and let him go. He, he go for it. He'll give you all the information uh, on the current events that you uh, really are looking for. And then <clears throat> after the top of the hour, I have uh, a young man that Michelle met, my executive producer, she met um, on her way back from Florida. And um, interesting story, Kenneth Hughes, he is the um, president of um, KBI, Staffing Solutions. Now, this young man, he's going to tell us all about it, is one who opens the door to jobs in the Orlando area. And uh, so I really love it when upwardly mobile young men, particularly, and, and not, not to say it in a prejudiced way, but I'm always happy to see young black men uh, doing something uh, positive and very, very good. And I want to help them in any way that I possibly can. So I want to bring him on. Uh, today and uh, see what what he's all about and what he's doing and what's on his mind. There is something that uh, did happen in Orlando that is <clears throat> on his mind, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, there was a, a young man found hanging from a tree in Orlando. Yeah, and um, now these types of things you never know. You know what. It may be uh, the police call it a suicide. The mother says she knew her. She knows her child um, and he would never do anything like that. Uh, I've been a pastor and uh, I have consoled uh, parents of suicides on um, many occasions. 
uh, at least three, on three occasions, and one's too many. And um, I got to tell you, even though, uh, you know, I sympathize with his mother, I empathize with her, and and uh, the pain is just unbearable, especially when it's like this. But every parent would possibly say that they knew their child and this is not what they would have done. Yeah. I um, had a really good friend many, many years ago. We're going to talk, we're going to discuss this uh, years ago, many, many years ago. Good, good friend of mine. Won't, won't call his name. I was so stunned um, when I heard of him taking his own life. There was no question that he did it. And so, um, we're going to unpack that. The suicide rate in this country is incredibly high. Uh, anxiety in this country is incredibly high. Um, why someone would hang themselves from a tree in a park, though, uh, that speaks to a lot of other things. And so we have uh, a great show for you today. David Webb uh, is in the lineup uh, 1130 or 1230 uh, Eastern. He'll be coming up. And uh, throughout the Fruited Plains, uh, you are hearing this show via the largest talk platform in the nation, the Talk Monster, Red State Talk Radio, and um, the most listened to. If you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, that iconic building is also home to... The Red State Talk Billboard, which is right on top of it in every hour, 24 hours a day. The C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there on the Red State Talk Billboard there in Times Square. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you there, about a half block from where we dropped the big ball. As I said to you almost daily now, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with the big ball this year. But um, I can rest assured, you can rest assured. That um, the new year will come and we will move on. And you better be praying when you hit your knees at night that when we cross over into the year 2021, the president of the United States will be Donald John Trump. The clouds are are beginning to gather around the sun of um, Joe Biden, as I said they would. I was even talking to my pastor about this the other day, and I told him that within three days, meaning Wednesday, uh, there's going to be something that break that will change the trajectory of even the swayed and skewed biased polls that you're seeing. And uh, if we talk about an October surprise, you've heard about that. You've heard about October surprises always happens throughout political uh, history, presidential history in particular. Um, Always some type of gotcha comes in and uh unfortunately this may be joe biden's gotcha october surprise oh they were thinking for sure that when the president contracted covid uh a couple of weeks ago this would that would be the october surprise but of course you're seeing uh with your own lying eyes you can see the president yourself uh, your eyes are lying to you I mean, he's 74 years old. Uh, he's a little bit overweight. 
Uh, but he's not morbidly obese, as, as Nancy Pelosi would have you believe. But, you know, he's 74 years old, a little bit overweight. He contracts what evidently uh, has been the deadliest disease in all of American history, all of world history. Not so. It's just not so. The president contracts it. He faces it like a warrior. He beats it. He's beaten up by the by the press. So the October surprise that they were hoping would be many were hoping it would be the president's demise. How sick is that? How twisted is that? For someone to wish the president of their country falls ill and dies? Are you kidding me? No, I, I, I'm not. Listen, I disagreed with Obama's policy. I, 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 he was a, the guy was a, he was a nice guy. It, it was never personal with me and, and 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 Barack. It was never personal. It was all policy. It was all business. And my business is conservative policy. Fiscal responsibility, even though when we're talking about jumping uh, from a $1.8 trillion in spending to $2.2, you may say, CEO, how then can you support Trump? He has the idea that if you invest it in infrastructure, then we get return on the money. We're just not giving the money away. There's a big difference in investment and um, charity. An investment looks for a return. Charity is you're writing a check. And there will be no return because you're giving it away. The president has, if he's going to make the deal, and this is the deal he's offering Nancy Pelosi. He said, I'll go 2.2 or I'll go above 2.2. If the money can be earmarked to go for certain things, and that's all it's going for, not to bail out these failing Democrat states. You know what? Hey, that may be something that even the Republicans who are fiscal hawks like I am, even Mike Lee and so forth, uh, Rand Paul maybe even, you know, would go along with that. I think his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, says it's cool. It's a great idea. Now, look at Newt. Nate, Newt may actually agree with that as an advisor. I would agree with it to as an advisor to the black community and uh, black voice for Trump. I would agree with that for sure. So let's understand what's happening here and what this October surprise with um, Hunter Biden could mean within the next 24 hours. Now, good old boy from Louisiana, uh, Michelle and I, uh, my show, our show, we helped get uh, Senator Kennedy, John Kennedy, elected to office out of the great state of Louisiana. And John used to come on the show all the time when he was running for, for senator. He was very homespun then. He's not putting on airs. That's the way John Kennedy is. That's who he is. But he said something that was just absolutely Louisiana-wise. And uh, so I want to share what this Louisiana... Um, senator who was known for his Huck Finn type of uh, demeanor had to say 
John Kennedy, uh, our senator, my senator from Louisiana, the great state of Louisiana, my friend, uh, friend of the show. Michelle, we got to get him on. Um, um, got to get him back on here. In fact, we need to do that lineup of everyone that, you know, like John Kennedy, Bill Cassidy, uh, Mike Johnson. We need to have them on before the election. We need to get Rand on, Rand Paul on, uh, Thomas Massey, get on um, Senator Mike Lee. All of these are friends of our show, have been on the show. And, um, in fact, it'd be great. I doubt we could do it uh, because he's as busy as one on paper hanging. Uh, it'd be great if we get Sean on before the the election, before just to give us, uh, if he could stay on with me 10 minutes, I'd be happy. Totally happy. In fact, if we get Sean for five, I'd be happy. We just get him back. He's been on with me three or four times in the last um, four years, maybe five now. But um, we got to get him back on. But this is what John Kennedy was saying. Those are Hunter Biden's emails. If they weren't, the Biden campaign and Joe Biden himself would have said plainly, those are not his emails. And because of the way this is dropping, if it's false, if I were Joe Biden, if I were Hunter Biden, if I was the Biden campaign, you know what I would do? I would find the closest and best attorney that I could find. And I would sue everybody associated with this smear, as Joe Biden calls it. I would sue them blind. But that's not happening, is it? All the rumblings of the lawsuits coming would be tremendous. That would back off the president. It would back off anyone who is wanting to sign on to believing that Hunter Biden, you know, is guilty of this. It would back them off if you threatened a lawsuit. But that hasn't happened, has it? In fact, you have not even heard the words. You have not heard the words. That, that's, not, that's not mine. You haven't heard those words. Those aren't his. You haven't heard the words, it's a lie. Dog Don, if I uh, wouldn't have said it immediately, I may have said it a little bit stronger than it's a lie. If you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, yes, I would have. I have a lot of the Apostle Peter pent up in me. All before he was converted. <laughs> yeah. But Joe Biden's not saying that. He's just saying, oh, it's a smear. I'm not on one of you talk to that. It's a smear. Well, if it's a smear, don't just call it a smear. Call the smear what it is. 
It's a lie. It's a bold-faced, damnable lie. Call it what it is. But they haven't done that, have they? You know why? Because it's true. And they're doing everything they can to hold those wolves at the door. Keep them from breaking that door down before election. But you know what, folks? Um, I'm as confident as the president is right now. Because all of you know. You must know. If you have any common sense, if you're watching the same race that I'm watching, Joe Biden is... There's just no way. If Joe Biden wins this election, friends, I am telling you, and I have gone out on the limb a week ago, I've told you, I, 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 I put everything uh, on it, except for the family farm, I, I put everything on it, my reputation, everything on these words. Donald John Trump will win this election going away. And there, I've said it. And I have said it boldly, I've said it loudly, I'm saying it confidently, and there will be nobody more dismayed. I think the president, uh, maybe, I don't know, because he likes being president, he enjoys doing the job, but there will be nobody more dismayed if DJT loses this thing than this guy. I am staking it all on, hey, listen, radio uh, for me and, and people like me will be targeted. Oh, yes, it will. Radio for me and people like me will be targeted. My message will be targeted. Organizations like the one that I am fondly and long time associated with, Freedom Works, will be open targeted. Don't you allow Democrats to take over that Senate. Republicans, we must take back the House of Representatives and we must hold the presidency. Otherwise, you know, it's a good chance you might need to Katie bar the door. Are you hearing me? This is not a drill. This is not a joke. 14 days from right now. Or as they say in some parts of Louisiana, rat now. R-A-T now. Rat now. Ah, <laughs> uh, game on. This is not a drill. This is... <laughs> Ready?
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. That... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Oh, the cards are beginning to fall. The house of cards is collapsing. It was clandestine what was going on, but it does appear that major players throughout the land who have incredible effect on you and I daily were all in cahoots with creating a narrative that was against the newly and now duly and now four, nearly four years in office, first term president, Donald John Trump, and that includes Google, Facebook, and Twitter. Even though the president made Twitter faddish. He made it trendy. The president did that single-handed. Oh, yeah, people were enjoying Twitter long before the president. Uh, Well, they were, but, you know, the president made it trendy. People who had never considered ever getting on Twitter got on Twitter. Just to follow, if nothing else, Donald John Trump. Yeah. But then we find that Twitter saw themselves as the word police and Facebook and other outlets found themselves as the word police. Google is being hit with the biggest antitrust lawsuit in two decades, 20 years for those of us who live in Grand Cane. Two decades. (laughs) oh and you know what that reminds me folks a mentor to us all and someone I've met a couple of times and greatly 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 admire in fact he's the reason uh, for the conservative shift in my world view as far as politics was concerned pray for Rush yesterday uh, I didn't hear it live in fact uh, this show is up against Rush um, which is, you know, a fool's errand. But I thank all of you who listen to me because I know uh, you tune in and out is what you do. I know what you do. I know what you do because I do it. Uh, you tune in and out. When Rush begins to go to Rushville, you tune over here to CL Town. And, uh, and I'm, I thank you for that. But uh, when I took this slot on, I knew that I'd be up against my, my hero, uh, a radio hero, and that's Rush Limbaugh. Pray for Rush. Uh, he told us all that the uh, stage four cancers, lung cancer, 
uh, was indeed progressing. And, um, you know, he, the, the, the courage that he musters to do what he does and be who he is is just absolutely uh, phenomenal. It's, it's praiseworthy. And I pray God's blessings upon one of the greatest voices that America has ever heard. In fact, uh, perhaps the greatest voice politically and social commentary that America has ever heard. That is Mount Rushy, Rush Limbaugh. When you hit your knees, send up a prayer. Yeah, the um, the outcome of antitrust is something that social media. And, and because it is so usable to all of us, this this antitrust suit that's being leveled against them is going to be one for the ages. Traveling through Times Square, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, and uh, you will see there the red state talk billboard. And every hour, um, the C.L. Bryant show does pop up there on that red state talk billboard above Ripley's. And OCL's face looking right back at you. Thank you so much for coming along with us as we build the bridge. Joining me now is a friend of mine, a friend of the show. He was in my film, and he was gracious enough to allow us to shoot some footage of him in his Sirius XM studios there high above the city of New York. Um, he is a patriot extraordinaire. In fact, you can hear him daily, XM Patriot Radio. He is none other than Fox News contributor. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show, David Webb. How are you, brother? I am doing well, C.L. Good to be on with you. You know, you mentioned that uh, shoot. And earlier this morning, I took a tragic look down 6th Avenue, Avenue of the Americas, for those of you that don't know that, and it was empty. Those sidewalks you and I walked on that are crowded by hundreds of thousands of visitors and New Yorkers working and playing, empty. 6th Avenue, Avenue of the Americas, empty. Cross streets, empty. That's wrong in America. That's wrong in America, David. Talk to us about this election. Talk to us about the, the seemingly, in the polls, head-to-head battle of Trump and Biden. Does the vacancy of the Avenue of the Americas remain if Biden becomes president? Does it refurbish if we re-elect Donald John Trump? Talk to us. It, it comes back if we re-elect Donald Trump. And I'll give you the more practical reasons why. Coronavirus will end. There's a political component to this. You see that with New York Governor Cuomo, with uh, Bolshevik Bill de Blasio in New York, with Wheeler and other mayors on the West Coast in Portland and Seattle, Ken Durkin. Uh, You see Governor Whitmer in Michigan. But once the election's over and we have gone further with therapeutics and a potential vaccine, but also the reality of 
people now seeing that when you have eight kids tested positive out of 16,000 kids in New York, that it is not an extinction life event. This is not, and it's got to come back. The economy's dying. New York City is dying. It has lost over a half a million renters. Over a million landlords in the state of New York cannot pay their taxes. It's literally being sucked dry. 46% drop in new rental signups, I believe, is one of the latest numbers. And infection rates that are less than half percent in the city, according to the hospitals. Recovery rates in the 99% up. This is ridiculous. This it, it's is ridiculous. got to change. And it does, David. But let me help us understand from your perspective the hysteria that uh, we have been locked into. And how is it possible that Americans have been so easily led? Was it the fear? What, what is it, David, that has caused us to let down our Americanism, our, our courage, our, our, our backbone the way we have? Talk to us about it. Well, there's a part of it that's fear. There's also lack of control, as in political control, because who makes the decisions under the Constitution, the governors, and upheld by the Supreme Court, their police powers. And governors like Cuomo uh, made deadly decisions when it came to nursing home admittance and infected people going into nursing homes. Whitmer in Michigan, New Southern California, they took the political and inserted it fear in the beginning or the unknown I would say the unknown drove early recommendations and decisions but once the data played out the politics of this became more about uh, using it against Trump and the Republicans because this is not just about Donald Trump it's not even just about the Republican Party we now see the rise of an emboldened Marxist movement in America and a combination of a long-running communist group in Antifa, who started in the 1920s, rose to prominence post-Nazi Germany, where they coined the the more common use of anti-fascist as a way to, to solidify themselves to the point where the Communist Party was at one time the largest majority in the, in the German government at that point, post-Nazi Germany, with the Marxists who founded and lead most of Black Lives Matter in Patrice Galores, Alicia Garza, and Opal Tometi, for instance. And I posted a picture last week of Maduro hugging Tometi and uh, Patrice Galores, Opal Tometi and Patrice Galores. And this is all about taking down the American culture, the American way of life. And how do you do that? Law and order. You take it down. You defund the police. You restructure. You make them the enemy. Blacks in black communities don't want the police gone by large amounts because that's about safety and security no matter what the color of your skin is. Then they go after freedom of speech to cancel culture. They're emboldened by people in Biden's campaign and Kamala Harris's campaign who go out and raise money to get rioters, not protesters, out of jail. Protesters weren't the ones being arrested. Occasionally there were there were mix-ups and even some journalists caught up in that, to be fair. But rioters were being arrested and being bailed out by the Democrat ticket. And other Democrats, including things like Portland, where 70-plus percent of the rioters arrested had their charges dismissed by the prosecutor. 
Wow. You know, David, uh, when I look back on where you and I have uh, come from over the last 11 years, man, since uh, we uh, launched out, you and I both original grassroots people in the Taxed Enough Already movement, the Tea Party movement. Uh, David, we're beginning to see the fruits of our labor and uh, the slings and arrows that uh, we suffered uh, to get to where we are right now. And uh, tell me then, tell the audience, uh, America, uh, about uh, this trend, it seems, of black votes moving back home to the Republican Party. Is that Donald Trump? Is it the accomplishments that he's had uh, with economics and, of course, uh, HBCUs? Talk to us about it. I think it's a combination of things. Clearly, uh, and clearly the president has stepped out on these issues because he actually cares about them and he's a solutions-oriented businessman so the white house opportunity zone council under dr ben carson uh scott turner jerron smith's others that you know and i both know have worked hard to make it a working solution then you move forward after that in the continuing growth of that program in many communities not just for blacks but it demonstrates that when you give people better shot at education, better shot at re-education or catching up on their education, support services to get that single black mother uh, into a better position in life to be able to earn for herself. People will take hold of that and they'll grow because, you know, you and I know this, people want freedom, they want control of their lives, they want to feel secure about having something for themselves. But you need education for that. Trump pushed that, criminal justice reform, uh, where in the case of, say, Kamala Harris, she put away thousands, thousands and thousands from California of low-level offenders but never went after the big guys. She racked up the wins on the backs of the poor and the underserved, black, white, Hispanic, or otherwise. So Trump tackled that. Now, and I want to see more details, they roll out the platinum plan, which I wanted to talk more about in the debate Thursday night. And that has specific approaches within it to have public-private partnerships where the communities get to reinvest in themselves. Loan structures that have been redone under SBA for underserved communities, black or otherwise. What that says to black people in this country is that we don't want the divide between successful because there are many black millionaires and black billionaires in America and they didn't get there by accident or even just through the NBA or the NFL. They got there through business, hard work, innovation, education. That that divide can narrow when you have a better environment within your community and that means you have a chance. That's what Trump's brought forward because that's been the reason for success since large groups of blacks began graduating from college in the 80s and 90s especially. And their children now want more of that pie rather than they want to be running around in a neighborhood with their pants hanging down below their ass, pardon my expression, (laughs) Reverend, and and going out and, you know, unfortunately, some have no choice, tragically, but to create, do criminal acts, sell drugs, or do something. Give them some other option. Right. People will, and more people will take that other option. David, let me ask you this. I have about uh, three minutes left in the interview with you, and I want to thank you so much for, for coming on with me. But I, I just have to uh, want you to tell the folks about 
your legacy. What what is it when David sits on his porch and watching the sun go down with significant other and uh, you know rocking in the chair? Of course, you may never retire. Who knows? I don't think I'm going to do it, David. But if it if it happens, legacy. What would you want us to remember? What would you be reflecting on? Yeah, what would you want us to think about David Webb? I, I want a country that looks back at the voices, yourself, myself, and our time will come, and our time will pass. But the legacy is what happens from the work you and I do, that there is a country where people are working more together. There is a constitutional republic that's functioning. There's an economy that's working. And people are getting the right and the opportunity to choose what they want to do. That 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 kid sitting somewhere says, you know, when I grow up, I want to be this. And they have a shot at it. Or the adult or the other grandparents who may be walking by and waving on that porch or wherever you and I are sitting. And they say, you know, the world's doing pretty good and I'm happy. It's that simple. The big things are going to happen. The exploration, the expansion, you know, the, the model of growing the human capital, not here, but just but also around the world. That's the real legacy. The legacy of success is peace. The legacy of failure is war and discontent. Well said, my friend, my good friend. Thank you so much for being on with me. Hey, man, I'll be up there real soon. I'll, I'll be in touch when I when I am there uh, coming up around uh, Christmas time. But gee whiz, it's just not going to be Christmas in New York anymore, man. It just, I mean, it just, just breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart, David. But thank you so much for being on with us. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer for you. Talk to you real soon. Thanks. Talk to you real soon, my friend. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. That was my good buddy, David Webb, and uh, Fox News contributor, and, of course, the host star of his own show, uh, The David Webb Show, XM Patriot Radio. And, um, hey, folks, uh, I guess I'm um, working on that Newsmax thing. I'll, I'll share something with you here in a little bit. And not, not today, but I'll be talking to you about that. And... Um, I, 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 I think they are the up-and-comers. And it's always good to get on board the up-and-comers while they're up-and-coming. Because once they're up-and-gone, it's too late. <laughs> and so I think I'll, uh, you know, tag, tap into the offer. Might do it. Still do that. But anyway, we got some people got to talk to. Folks, that is what all of us want to leave behind, is the possibility for your children to have it better. Now, sometimes uh, you, you make it better for them and they blow it. So you look to the, uh, the ones coming up behind them. Well, the grandchildren. You never know. You never know which one of those might just might just be and create the dream team from your family. You just have to keep swinging the bat, right? That's what we all do. We just keep swinging the bat. And that's what David was saying. When it's all said and done, it's what you've contributed. It's what you brought to the table. Not necessarily what you took off what you brought to it i'm cl this is the cl bryant show don't go anywhere uh kenneth hughes 
entrepreneur will be my guest after the top of the next hour. Be right back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. That- you can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank each and every one of you for coming along with me. As we have built the bridge to conversation right here on this great, in our great nation, right here on the C.L. Bryant Show, we are living in the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. And hey, listen, you don't have to agree with me on um, on anything. I mean, honestly, but I'm going to tell you something. If you call yourself a citizen of this nation, whether you agree with me on how America should be run or not, that's fine. You have your own political opinion. But if you don't agree with me on that you do love America, then I only have these words for you. You can love it or you can leave it. I mean, we can disagree politically. I mean, that's what people do. People disagree politically. I get it. I understand it. But the love of country has to shine through because when we talk about loving this nation, we are talking about loving a nation that was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles. And they are the only principles that have indeed been the light to the rest of the world. And friends, if we allow it, the light can, will go out. And as a Eastern Bloc refugee once asked me, he asked me this question. And to me, it is still profound to this day when speaking of America, when speaking of our nation. At the end of the show, I feel that at the end of the venue that I was doing, I was, um, I fielded questions. And he stood up, still had a very thick Eastern Eastern European accent. And he said, see, I was old. If America go away, where do people go? Wow. That sounds simple. Sounds maybe even uh, uh, not even important in any way. May not sound important in any way. But think of it. Folks, if America goes away, and it certainly will, 
if Joe Biden and the people like Hunter Biden and people like Kamala Harris have their way. If America goes away, think about it. Where do people go who are trying to flee? I'm talking real oppression. No, not just an incident. No, George Floyd was an incident. The same way as the white kid who was shot up in in, 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 in Utah that you never heard about who was reaching for his cell phone got blown away by a cop who was scared. That's what happened. The cop thought he was pulling a pistol and uh, he didn't want to wait to see. Because it was going to be the kid or him. But in that case, you need to understand, cops are taught to kill, shoot to kill. That's just the way it is. Now, if you want to re- retrain them or whatever to shoot to maim or whatever, that's fine. But at this present time, cops are shot to, taught to shoot to kill. Uh, if you go out and you get your um, uh, concealed carry license, actually, uh, you are being you, you're taught to shoot to kill. That's just the idea behind self-defense when it comes to using deadly force. That's why they call it deadly force. If you're just going to shoot the guy in the kneecap, get a pellet gun. But when, we, when we're talking about pulling out, if, if, if it ever gets to the point where we're talking about pulling out Roscoe, Oh, it's gone beyond uh, anything that we can resolve, and we might as well just resolve it. But uh, the fact of the matter is, there are incidents, and then there are uh, actual persecutions. And and what 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 has happened on the streets of America as far as, yes, black men being killed, white men being killed, gang members being killed, little kids sitting on their stoops in their Chicago tenements being killed. What's happening on the streets of America are incidents. But what the Eastern Bloc refugee was asking me was this. CL, if America goes away, where do people go? And we're just not talking about to escape an incident like George Floyd. There was an incident that happened. And those types of incidents happened all the time. But, and, but unless you're, you're black, they, they go unreported. Oh, there are all kinds of atrocities that happen to all, all kinds of people of every stripe every day. You know why? Because it's a world out there. And bad things happen to people because people do bad things. Period. Bad things just don't happen to black folks. If it did, if bad stuff, if black folks were just being killed. And listen, I know I get, I get into a lot of, uh, I get a lot of flack from saying this, but let me tell you something. I have to remind you this almost uh, every week, almost daily. But let me remind you of this because this is the common sense that goes with this. Especially when it comes to the uh, uh, the hunting of black men as LeBron James and Oprah would have you believe because they're certainly not being hunted, are they? I'm not. Well, I might be um, sought after in some ways by those who don't like my message. 
but I'm not being hunted by the police. Never have been. And nine times out of ten, uh, you're not either. I know. In fact, the percentage is even smaller than that. Uh, 9.9 times out of 10. If you're a black male, you're not either. And let me tell you how, how you can know how you can know this. Let me tell you how you can know this. And you can know it mathematically. Because, yes, uh, I have twisted the truth in my life. Lied. And so have you. Oh, yes, you have. But there's one thing about numbers, unless you hide numbers on this side of the ledger to make these, this side of the ledger's numbers look better. But the numbers are always there. If they're there, then they don't lie. The numbers are what they are. Two and two is going to be four. Okay, that's what it is. All right, unless you're Joe Biden, then it could become something else. But here's the numbers. Black folks are... 12.5%. Some say 12.8, but you know, who's going to haggle? Black folks are 12.5% of the population. We'd be much more than that. We'd be more like 16% of the population. But of course, this thing called abortion has killed, oh my God, millions of black babies. Period. That's the truth. It has killed literally millions of black babies. So the black population is the only one in the country that's on the decline, the decrease. Now, I know to real racists out there, that might be good news. <laughs> the black population is decreasing. That's not good news, especially when you think about the way it is decreasing. It's de decreasing because it is a self-imposed genocide that's going on. And there are not police officers killing black men that's causing the decrease in black population. It is the murder of black people upon themselves, their babies, and people in the street. Chicago and Los Angeles and Houston. It's declining. So, black folks overall, let's just say, is 12.5% of the population. That's a real figure. Uh, it may be off just a, a few fractions of a, of a point. It might be 12.8, but it's not higher than that. So, let's say 12.5% of the population is black people. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in this country who is black represents 12.5% of the population. Split that in half. And you uh, have a divided equally. If you divide, and of course, there are more black women than men, simply because there are more women than men, period. But if you, if you were to, to divide the black population equally, equal men, equal women, you would only have 5.3, uh, no, 5.2 and a half, 5.2 and a half percent of the, the nation's population who are black men. 75% of them 
black men I'm talking about, 75% of black men do very well in this country. 25%, uh, 20% of them, 20% of them, 75% of black males in this country do well, do very well. 75%. 25 or 20%, 20% of black males, yeah, well, they struggle. You know, they struggle big time with all kinds of things. And 5% of black males, 5% of that 5%, Of that, you know, you get 75 that does well, 20% that they do struggle with finances and other things as people struggle with, middle class struggles with. But then you have that 5% of that population that makes up that whole black population who are trifling. Oh, I know somebody just hit the roof when I said that black men are trifling, that 1%, or that 5% of them are trifling. But guess what? <laughs> That's the same in every demographic. 75% of the people in every demographic do well. You know, they get by, they succeed. 20% struggle. 5% of any population. 5% of them. And sometimes it's more, just depending on where you are in the, in the population. But 5% of them, they're not going to do anything. They're trifling. They're waiting on you to do it. And that's not, that's not uh, you know, something specific to blacks. It's specific to, to all the population. So my point is this. We're going to talk a little bit more about it on the other side of the break. When we talk about black men being hunted, it would not be difficult to hunt down and actually wipe out if a government was inclined to do that. Less than 5% of the population. You could do it. So LeBron James and Oprah, take that math lesson to heart and please go sit your rich, ungrateful selves down and stop deceiving folks. I'll be back. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Oh, on the fire, you 
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Thank you for coming along with us daily as we build a bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and uh, hey, I want to thank all of you for making our show as popular as it has become here and uh, over Red State, Red State Talk Radio, who is the talk monster, the largest uh, talk platform in the nation, most listened to. And of course, if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not building, and there you will see the Red State Talk billboard. And every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there in Times Square, and old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you about a block away from where we dropped the big ball. And I was talking to David Webb a little bit earlier, and, um, uh, you know, he's saying he's looking down there at the avenues of the Americas, down 6th Street in New York. I mean, it's just, it's just, just bustling with people all the time. It's not. Business is drying up. And friends, uh, as I was saying to you, I'm bringing on my next guest. I'm setting him up, setting him up now for uh, his introduction. And I, I want to talk to you about some things. I have uh, full disclosure. He and I are both black men, <clears throat> both entrepreneurial and in our approach to life and in our worldview. And I was saying to you, friends, that you know, you may know, and many of you don't, many of you Caucasians out there, you don't realize that black folks, we only make up 12.5, maybe 12.8% of the population in this country, which means that there are more black women than there are black men. So if you chop that a little bit less than in half, you're having a maybe 4.5, 4.6 of the population in America who are black men. And uh, by the way, chew on this, 75% of that 4.5% of black men, we do very well in this country. And like all other races, 20% um, struggle. And 5% of men, black men, white men, Asians, whoever, 5% of them, trifling that demographic is across the board but my point is this if there is a all-out uh, assault on black men in this country not very hard to exterminate 4.5 percent of a population if that is the goal of a government a young man was found hanging from a tree in orlando <clears throat> and there is great concern about it by this businessman his name is kenneth Hughes, KBI uh, Solutions, and and you know I want uh, I want him to tell us all about the genesis of that first before we get into the heavy stuff. Kenneth Hughes, welcome to the C. L. Bryant Show. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you, Mr. Bryant. How you doing today? I'm doing quite well, man. And hey, listen, man, I'm all for you. Whatever I can do to help you, let me know. Tell us about your business, KBI. What was the genesis of it? What made you launch off into this? Thank you, thank you. So KBI Staffing Solutions, uh, we are a woman-owned minority uh, staffing agency in Orlando, Florida. Me and my wife are the owners. Um, I am actually a second-generation staffer, so uh, my dad and stepmom uh, ran a very large agency here in Orlando for many, many years uh, before they decided to get out of the business. And uh, December 15th will be five years I've been on my own. Uh, so that's how 
I got into the staffing industry, um, and I, I I found it to be a gateway to uh, help the community as well, such as my my dad and stepmom did. They were in the inner city of Orlando, uh, same as I am as well. And uh, outside of just providing jobs, it was it was a space of providing hope. You know, helping people to really understand that they they too can be a difference in their community. So. Uh, that's that's where it came from and how I ended up in the staffing industry. You know, Kenneth, it sounds like a ministry to me, man. I mean, that really sounds like an incredible blessing that you are being uh, to that that community and one that does need, by example, someone to succeed. And uh, obviously, uh, it appears that this is a generational success that is being passed on. And man, there is nothing better. Uh, as an example, then to pass on generational success, my uh, executive producer, Michelle, uh, met you and she said that you are a family man yourself. So you know about creating generational success. Yeah. So uh, my parents, when they were in business, uh, they closed their agency um, in 2012. And for me, it was it, it, it is a generational story. However, um, I had to start from ground zero because there was nothing from uh, the family business to pass over. Um, but I, I had the blueprint, Mr. Bryan, and what I needed to do. And growing up in Shreveport, Louisiana, one thing I always understood was hard work. Uh, I knew if I had a work ethic and I outworked you, I would win. So um, I, I got with my, my stepmom and she gave me the blueprint, and I, I had worked for them for years after I had graduated high school uh, from Captain Shreve, and I moved out to Orlando. And um, once I, I, back in 2015, she gave me the blueprint, and I moved back from New York City where I was living to Florida, uh, me and my now wife, and uh, I hit the ground running, Mr. Bryant. Yeah, it sounds like you have called me CL, my good friend, especially since you okay. are from my hometown of Shreveport, yeah, Louisiana. Yeah. I happen to be a Fair Park Indian, but we won't talk about that. And uh, <laughs> uh, But hey, man, listen, Michelle was telling me about an incident, and, and I, I want you to tell everybody before we uh, end the interview here in, in, uh, in a little while. I want to spend some time with you. Uh, but Michelle was telling me about an incident that uh, happened there in Orlando that, of course, should have everyone troubled. Uh, tell us about uh, this young man that was found hanging from a tree. Is Am I reading this right in Orlando? Talk to us. Yes. Um, so I, I will tell you, CL, that story came about, and I've, I've been traveling. Um, I had death in my family, uh, hence how Michelle actually, you know, God put us together to meet on this plane. I was flying in for a funeral uh, for my great aunt, and... Um, the, the previous week I was, you know, down in South Florida doing some business stuff. Um, but this man um, that was 22 years old, if I'm not mistaken, um, he was found hanging in a, from a tree in a park uh, not far from where my uh, office sits at. Um, and it was, it was troubling because uh, OPD, which is Orlando Police Department, um, ruled Nevane Baker's uh, death as a suicide. And uh, me and Michelle got a chance to, you know, briefly discuss this uh, on our flight. And what I said to her was, as a black man in America and just understanding history, um, I don't think that there's any black person that would go hang themselves from a tree. 
I can't see it happening I can't either, brother. See it. I can't see, see it. it. <laughs> I can't see it. No, I cannot see I, that. I happening. can't see it either. I just can't um, see it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm not here to you know do the police's job or or tell them that they are not doing their job correctly because I'm no investigator. Uh, but certain things you know just don't equal up. Exactly. You can see certain things. Exactly. So, and, uh, and let me let me say this, Kenneth. Folks, we're not saying that this may be racially motivated. We're just saying that this man more than likely did not hang himself from a tree. <laughs> okay, this, this this is what we're saying. But but you know, so continue, Kenneth. I'm, I didn't mean to disrupt you. So yes, for me, um, CLI and the the conversation that we spoke about was just having those real discussions here in America. Um, in regards to situations like this, uh, not to say that this man um, would not have committed suicide. We don't know. We don't know his mental health, where he was and what he was doing in his life. However, um, I believe they, the, the story said that his hands were tied behind his back and the family believed he had some bruising to his face. Um, so it was just alarming to me. And I, I can't tell you that the, the city has been in a uproar uh, just because I have been gone for several weeks. Wow. Uh, but I have, you know, I have now, I'm at my office now, and I can tell you things are rather normal, you know, amongst the community, which um, further is a, a, a outcry for me because, you know, even if the police rule something as a, a suicide, I, I do think it warrants some additional questions. Yeah, you know, I uh, definitely want to uh, talk talk with you about this offline as well. Kenneth Hughes is my guest, uh, KBI uh, uh, Solutions. We're going to talk about that, Staffing Solutions, KBI Staffing Solutions. He is the creator, founder, president of this, he and his wife. I just love uh, these uh, family businesses like that, uh, especially when you have young ones that are coming along that you can pass it on to. And uh, we're, I'm going to uh, continue with him on this particular subject. And and, and, and you know what? I know uh, the, the Hughes. I know many, many Hughes. In fact, I'm related to Hughes's uh, here in Shreveport. I, I come out of Galilee Baptist Church, and our uh, family uh, are uh, related to some Hughes uh, who, well, we'll talk about that offline. But just the same, I uh, would, yeah, yeah, I certainly uh, want to get your opinion on business then. How has business been for you, and what are you forecasting as far as your business is concerned? Is it looking good for you? How does the future look? That's a, a great question, CL, and I will say uh, you see a lot of businesses shutting down, whether it's small, whether it's large, uh, some scaling back clothing, clothing um, stores, you know, across country, I can tell you KBI Staffing Solutions uh, has been blessed enough to have not had to close our doors not one day since COVID has hit. Um, we had to make some pivots, as I like to call them, uh, CL, in the sense that we staff uh, on Disney property. And uh, of course, when COVID hit, Disney stopped, but we have since been back out on Disney property, probably going on for about a month now. Uh, with some of our clients, we had uh, contracts within uh, Orange County here locally that were uh, put on pause. They were not terminated, but put on pause. Uh, those two are scheduled to come back within uh, the end of October going into uh, the 1st of November. So we are we are blessed for those things. And, CL, 
another 1.5 million in sales uh, for the end of December 31st. Um, wow. The staffing industry, yes, yes, the staffing. We closed our year out last year at about 1.4. Um, I believe two weeks ago when Tiffany, my wife, handles all of our back office and accounting reported, uh, I think we were somewhere at about 1.2 million right now. So we, we haven't hit our marker uh, as of last year yet, but we have a, a lot of accounts receivables that are still coming in, uh, and we still have new business that is growing daily. So, Michelle, um, I, I know. Michelle, I love this guy. I love this guy. I love this business. I love what he's doing. Let me tell you something. Let's promote this. Let me tell you, KBI Staffing Solutions, folks, there in Orlando. Hey, this can be, this is one of those companies that can go nationwide. This is one of those companies that, you know, you, you hear about it today on, on, on the radio show, even though we have a very huge audience nationwide. But the company can also explode. Can it tell people how to get in touch with you. And let me tell you this. There are folks all around the country that would love to have a person like you come in and tell them what your vision is so that they can get a glimpse for themselves. Man, there's a lot of ways to network this and to franchise it too, my friend. Listen, God bless you. Talk to us about how to how to get in touch. So me personally, I, I have my personal uh, Instagram page, which is Ken, the Entrepreneur. Uh, my page is public, so please feel free to follow me there. Uh, KBI Staffing Solutions uh, is the Instagram page as well for KBI, and KBI Staffing Solutions on Facebook will be our Facebook handler. Um, I help manage those, so I am I'm not the owner that's uh, sitting in the back not doing anything. Michelle can tell you I am a uh, walking billboard for KBI, and um, if they need to reach us, they can write us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, as well as visit us on our website at www.kbistaffingsolutions.com. Wow. Hey, folks, this is the quintessential American businessman taking advantage of the opportunities that are there. He wasn't looking for any guarantees. All he wanted, it's like any businessman, like I've always wanted, all I want is for you to give me a chance to exercise my God-given abilities. Ken, you're my kind of guy, man. You're a stand-up guy. God bless you, your family, your wife, and your business. I certainly hope he blesses every bit of it. And so we'll have you back real soon. Uh, I I like to ask my guests this. I have about uh, two and a half minutes left with you in this interview, Ken. Uh, Last question for you. Legacy. You're a young man, so you got a lot, a lot of time to think about this. But when it's all said and done, you and your wife are sitting there holding hands. The kids are grown, and they're probably bringing you grandkids. Uh, legacy. What do you want us to remember about what you did? Um, the amount of lives I've changed, and what I mean by that, CL, is I, I have this thing where I tell people KBI will continue to go whether I am on this earth or not, and the vision must continue to be carried out, which is no matter the the race of the person that walks through KBI, their doors, they're coming in there for help because they need a job, they're looking for hope, and they're looking for love somewhere. And that's what I want when I I leave this earth for people 
people to know that I went over and beyond for the world and for people that encountered me to help their life be better. God bless you, young man. Fight the good fight. I know that you will. Kenneth Hughes, KBI Staffing Solutions. Folks. KBI Staffing Solutions. Michelle, we're getting that feedback. Uh, staffing Solutions there in Orlando. And so listen, thank you. God bless you. I'll talk to you real soon. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was Kenneth Hughes. And uh, Kenneth Hughes uh, has got it going on, man. Oh, yeah. And you can, too. Are you hearing me? Uh, folks, I just want you to hear me. Kenneth Hughes, KBI Staffing Solutions, It was, the idea was one that was out there. He got the idea from his, his folks. It had sort of withered a little bit, but he put some water on it. Went there and fertilized that thing. Breathed, breathed life back into it. And hey, now this brother's balling. What I'm saying is he's making money. Any one of you, I don't care who you are, red, yellow, black, white, inner city, outer city, whoever you are, all you want is a chance. Take your shot. Sometimes you might take two or three. Walt Disney had to do it. Abe Lincoln sure did do it. Frederick Douglass? Frederick Douglass had to do it too. Frederick Douglass had to do it with taking shots at being free in order to really do it. Retired a millionaire in the midst of coming out, being a slave. In this country, America, this land where Hey, doesn't matter who your father was. Does not even matter what your background is. Doesn't matter. If God has given you a vision, if he has given you ability, and he's given that to everybody, he really has. Even those who you may not even see it in, he's given it to them. They will tap into what they have. Moses, stretch out your rod. It's what's in your hand. I'm CL. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. That... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Are lifted high. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. 
CL back on this great day. Yeah, it is, as long as there are people like you who understand what we must do. And I mean, it's a, it, listen, we have two weeks from this day to secure this republic. Oh, it may not have seemed as desperate or it may not have seemed as urgent uh, a month ago or two months ago and certainly not during the corona uh, hysteria that was going on. And you know one thing I really loved about our last guest, Kenneth Hughes, uh, KBI Staffing Solutions. You know what I really loved about what he had to say? He, we, they, they went on through with business this, you know, their doors never closed. I never stopped doing, I never stopped traveling, I never stopped doing what I was doing, I never stopped gathering with people I needed to gather with. The only time that I what did wear a mask is when they made me wear one, like on the airplane. Otherwise, they bounce you. Oh, yeah, you can get bounced off the airplane. I just can't afford to do that, even though I wouldn't mind making a statement. But there are some hills that you're just not going to die on today. Okay. Yeah, there's just some hills you don't die on that day. But you'd like to. But it's not prudent for the future. So you choose your battles. Always remember that. You can't fight all of them. Some you have to disengage. Regroup. Fight another time. But... This fight that we are uh, we're marching toward, the troops on either side of this great battlefield that we are assembling on, we're marching toward, oh, it's going to be bloody. And it may be fought again in Gettysburg. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania may actually be our Gettysburg again. It will be the place where we will decide in 14 days, which half of it is nearly gone, facing for 13 and a half days. The question that Abraham Lincoln asked on that battlefield, that bloodied battlefield of Gettysburg, he asked a question when he memorialized our war dead from both sides. He asked, can a nation so conceived as ours dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Can it long endure? 244 years since our founding, we have still endured up until this present moment. We even endured through that time that Lincoln was speaking of, that time that would ultimately cost him his life. We endured through the Civil War, the ripping apart of a nation 
the only nation that has gone to war with itself with the core of that war being the freedom of man not just the slave but the freedom of men in their home dwellings their states we went to war with ourselves bloodied desperate war with ourselves to answer that question can we long endure there are people who are using that dedication that proposition against us I hope you know it because we are dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal there are those who are actually using that in a racist way against us are you hearing me Lincoln asked the question can a nation that is dedicated to that to that proposition now that men can take out of context that all men are created equal they can take that out of context and make that seem as though it should read all men are equal they're not they're created equal but men are not equal because men possess different talents and different abilities that create a natural inequality. That's why you have a Super Bowl in football. Because those teams, even though they may approach the field, they get on the field equally as a team, as men, yeah. They're created by God that way to be men who can play football. But there's going to be an inequality that is going to be revealed at the end of that game because there will be a winner and there will be a loser. There will not be equality when the trophy is raised above the winner's head. I won a belt once for in boxing when I was a kid, you know, it made you feel good because you won in your class, right? You won in your weight class. But you had to beat up a guy, you had to beat up on some guys to get that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and and the last guy you beat up was the toughest one. Maybe not. I thought a guy was tougher than him. <laughs> Might be the guy I appointed him. So, my point is this. When you enter into the ring, when you are the person in the arena who's going to fight all of the bull stuff that's there, there are different people for different arenas. All arenas are not equal, and all people who enter into arenas are not equal. There's always winners. There's always losers. And this narrative that people are trying to pawn off on us that uh, everybody's a winner. Everybody is a star. No, you're not. If everybody's a star, then no one is. 
a standout. Even the stars are different that are in the velvet sky at night. Even they are different. They're all, as we call them, stars, but God knows them all by name. Chew on that for a minute. Isn't that amazing? As, and I encourage each one, every one of you to get this book um, by um, Betty Evie. Betty Evie is her name. And she wrote this book. My son um, gave it to me after um, his mom's death, my wife's death. He gave it to me. It's called Embrace by the Light. And it was written by Betty Edie. And in that book, she um, lays out how she was gone. She was passed she had passed away for four hours. The, the doctors actually forgot about her and covered her up. She was dead. They had pronounced her dead and had put her to the side. And they went to tend to an emergency or something of that nature. She had had a brain aneurysm. She was dead. And uh, her heart had stopped beating four hours. She was gone. She was clinically at least dead. Some of the things that she uh, reveals and one of my life's missions is to expose anyone who is a charlatan in this area. Because there were people who tried to take advantage of my mother when my father passed away that I will I, I will forever loathe people like that. So I always look for the telltale signs, but I read this book. And um, the things that she is able to convey are familiar, and it will be familiar to you. And she describes why they're familiar when she says them, and you read it, reread it. It's because we're familiar with it. We should be. Because we are. So it's called Embraced by the Light. It was, it was a number one bestseller for a long time. And then it went away, of course. And um, a lot of things, uh, you know, go on. But the, the point that I'm getting at is this. Friends, there is and intelligence to our Constitution of the United States that governs we the people. And this country was created for a people who had some sense of moral uh, compass, decency. It was created for that type of person. Not necessarily in the sense that you would, that the country would dictate what your particular mores and morality would be, but you would have to operate within certain societal structures. Even though in the privacy of your own home, as long as no one, especially children, were being harmed, well, you could do whatever you want. That's exactly why uh, we Americans rebelled against these uh, British 
soldiers being able to come into your home at any time and stay there. And you had to go with, you had to go for that. Oh no, oh, I can't go for that. Oh man. That would be, no, there's no way. No way, no way, no way. Oh, you may drag me out of my house by killing me and take it, but I'm just not going to let you come into my house at will and tell me you're staying in my home and you're going to eat my food too? No, that's not happening. Americans rebelled against that. And, and, and friends, it, it's written into the, the type of moral code that governs us as the most exceptional nation on earth is written into our Constitution. And this is why this election is so important. It's because what has made us the great nation that we were among all other nations on the earth, that, my friends, is being challenged in ways that if it goes away the question to that Eastern European or the answer to that Eastern European's question where do people go if America go away see where, where do people go if America go away in 14 days Oh, they can still come here, but it won't be what you think anymore. It won't be America anymore. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris's, or you can actually drop Joe's name off of that if if uh, uh, somehow they manage to pull Joe across the finish line. Joe Biden's name will soon be dropped out of. It won't be written anywhere anymore. It will be Kamala. Kamala. It will be Kamala. And uh, I, I wish that I had time, I would have had time to ask David Webb, who was my, my first hour guest, this question. David, uh, if then Joe Biden becomes wins the presidency and Kamala Harris becomes president oh yeah you heard me right if, if, if somehow Joe Biden wins the presidency and Kamala becomes president I wanted to ask David Webb about the role then of Ocasio-Cortez and you need to ask this question of yourself before you go vote and I know so many of you have already gone out there but if you like I've already I've early voted I early voted I've already cast my vote because I don't know where I will be on November 3rd. I have a very good idea where I'm going to be on November 4th. <laughs> Yum. But I don't know where I'm going to be on November 3rd. So I decided to go and vote early. So you have that opportunity to do that. And you better take the opportunity to do it. 
go and vote because if Joe Biden becomes president of the United States uh, and uh, wins the presidency and, and, and Kamala Harris becomes president, you need to ask yourself then, okay, Bernie Sanders and uh, Ocasio-Cortez helped um, him get there, right? Yeah. Joe Biden would never have been the nominee if uh, Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie hadn't endorsed that. Oh, yeah, they signed on to that. They endorsed it. So the natural question is, and you need to ask yourself this before you go flying off to vote, is then what role does Ocasio-Cortez play in this? What role does Bernie Sanders play? Does he become an economic czar? Does Bernie Sanders become an economic czar? Where where does Maxine Water play into, Waters play into this? Uh, Pelosi, you know she's crazy as a loon. I mean, where do, have you asked her? When we talk about consequences for elections, there are some AOC consequences here. There are Bernie Sanders consequences. We're not just talking about, and, and really the worst part of it is Ocasio, not Ocasio-Cortez, but um, uh, Kamala Harris becoming president. And nobody's ever wanted her as president. Nobody's ever really wanted Joe to be president. The Democrats have never wanted Joe to be president. He's run three. This is the third time running, and uh, the only way he uh, became the nominee this time is he made a deal with the devil. And we just called them by name, those devilish people who would see the demise of our republic and uh, the demise of the free market system, the demise of capitalism, the demise of business. Hey, I, I, you, you can go... Um, I've never had, I've never been employed by a poor man. Never. I've never been employed by a poor man. He's always been able to pay me. I know he paid, the people that I learned business for paid themselves last. That's basically the way it is with me. That can be a really crappy deal, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> I'm CL. I'll be right back. He thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities that. You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag. 
ATL back with you. Yeah, it costs to be the boss. It costs to be the boss. Sometimes uh, your people are paid. The companies, uh, the doors are still open. But uh, it costs to be the boss. You may not be getting any money. Cost to be the boss. But if you stay the course in business, business pays you. You got to go through the paces. No, a lot of people see where you are today. They don't see how you clawed and scratched and got there. How you sometimes were just hanging on by your fingernails. And folks, let me tell you something. You folks in business, and I'm, I'm talking to every people, businessmen like myself as well, because I know a lot of successful business, very successful businessmen. They're not in business anymore. They're not in business anymore. I was talking to a, a friend of mine uh, in, in Florida. Um, you know, she and her mom have this tradition, you know, to go to Jacques Pinier. Um, Thanksgiving evening or night to do their do their shopping, and um, she was saying, a "Dear friend of mine," she was saying that um, uh, the JC Penney's that they go to is not going to be they. You're not going to be able to do that. And I was talking to David Webb earlier, and I was saying he was saying how Sixth Avenue there in New York City, Sixth Avenue, New York City, folks. The avenue that where the avenues of the Americas converge right there, and it's a it's sort of like walking into a, a nice fishbowl or something. It's really neat. It's just like a ghost town. That breaks my heart. That, that no. I was talking to a friend about um, you know going to New York for you know Christmas just to see it. Because it's so special, so doggone special. But America, what are we giving away here? We're giving away. We're giving away things that are so exceptional that people come from all over the world, from all corners of the country, just to be in that place in America. Whether it's down on the the Rio Grande uh, in in San Antonio, the Riverwalk, well, it's crossing the Golden Gate in San Francisco, on top of the Empire State Building, New York City, just to see the Sears Tower is amazing. Miracle Mile there in Chicago. America is a beautiful, beautiful place. And uh, the Broadmoor there in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Uh, we had a room looking at the Purple Mountain Majesty. Oh, yeah, that's where the author, the, the writer of that song, she was looking out on those very mountains from that very hotel. The Broadmoor there in Steamboat Springs. At a certain time of the day, the, the glow on the mountain, the hue on the mountain is purple. It's, 
I, God is awesome is all I can tell you. That's, 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 that's all I can. That's, that's about as I can sum that up. And this land blessed from sea to shining sea. Folks, yeah, the natural beauty will certainly still be there, but you will not be able to enjoy it. You know why? Because you will not be able to afford it. We won't be able to afford it. Oh, it'll be like going back in time. All the natural beauty has always been here, but you won't be able to afford being in places like the Broadmoor. Only the very elite will be able to do it, and the Broadmoor is going to suffer because the very elite won't be able to keep everybody in business. No! Everything has to become private club, and you have to become members of them. That's the way that's going to be. Oh, Joe Biden's going to be a member of any club he's want to be a member of. Oh, Ocasio-Cortez, too, if she stays in office. And then, you know, by the way, she's, you know, she's got a brand now. So, uh, hey, uh, she's not going to uh, be missing anything. She's got a brand. So that's the way that's, that's the way that's going to go. She can join any private club she wants to in places like uh, those exclusive, uh, you know, Waldorf Astoria. You know, it become a private club. You become a part of it. You become. You have to pay a membership to be a part of it. That's the way that's going to work. That's the way. That's in Joe Biden, Kamala Harris's America. Of course, they'll be they'll be members of every club that used to be uh, open to Americans who have worked hard and are able to afford it. But they would put you out of business. Uh, the government will control that. The government will control business. That's what one world rule and one world government is all about. Is they, they control everything. The business too, yeah. They regulate it. And that's why a lot of businesses are going to leave here, as the president is warning you. If Joe Biden becomes president, becomes president of the United States, well, Kamala Harris becomes president of the United States, she's going to roll back the regulations that unbridled American prosperity as far as business is concerned an American business will once again be headed for the door. And uh, people have asked me in this very last segment here, let me deal with this. Just to make it very plain how I stand with this. I will stand and fight for the republic as long as there is a republic to fight for. When it falls, it's time for me to head for New Zealand, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably where we're going to be headed, kid. Yeah. And so, might as well go to a country that does socialism, you know, the whole world would have gone to hell if America falls like that. Are you hearing me? You might as well just choose a place that you want to live out your life as comfortably as you can. You know, and, 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 a, and a, it's, it's close to your utopia. Your, you, and, and let's just face it, New Zealand's absolutely gorgeous. And if you can uh, swing it... <laughs> 
Why not? America would have fallen. It would have fallen. Yeah, you stay and fight for it as long as there's a republic to fight for. And that may take a couple of years until it's just totally wiped out. Or you're wiped out. Or you ask yourself the question, what's it all for? But if we win, by golly, we win. If we are able especially to hold the Senate and take back the House of Representatives while keeping Donald John Trump in office, we win. The only winners in the other scenario, God forbid, are those who will become your masters. Oh, they, for a time, they're going to be benevolent masters. Oh, they'll give you stuff. But then you run out of other people's money. Some of you parents, some of us parents, have, have reached that point where our, our children just beat us up and beat us up and beat us up. And they, they ask us for this, they ask us for that. And I have known parents around this country. I have, I have friends who are very well-to-do friends, much, much more than I, who are able to do much more for their children than I'm able to do for mine. But, hey, they complain about this because sooner or later, you the kids don't realize it, but uh, the other people's money that you're depending upon, they need it. They need their own money. They can no longer finance you. And then the relationship becomes strained uh, sometimes. I've seen this happen. Now listen. Sooner or later, America, you run out of other people's money. I don't mind helping you Americans have always been that way. But I don't want anyone telling me I must do that. Are you hearing me? I don't want anyone telling me that I owe you that. Because you may have, I may have a little more than you that I owe you parity, that I owe you the ability to be and do what I'm doing, even though I work to get here and you want me to put you here. No. No. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Again, I refer to the Super Bowl reference. Only one team is going to hoist the trophy because there's only one winner of that Super Bowl game. And, and hey, whatever genre you're in, whatever phase of life you're in, whatever facet of it that you participate in, it does not matter whether you're up, down, uh, rich, tall, uh, cute, small, whatever, you know, whatever. Each of us 
have to bring what we bring to whatever table it is. Do If there is something that you know that you can do, and if doing it, you know that you really can't fail at doing it. If you, if you know what that is, and you can't fail doing it. Friends, I am telling you right now, go do that. Go do that. My gift, obviously, is words. It's a blessing. It can be a bit of a, uh, a burden sometimes because um, people expect you to wax eloquent all the time. But, you know, that guy, Cleon, Clee, he just, uh, he just likes to be a good old southern boy sometimes. You know, <laughs> well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank um, him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I am able to talk to you again, my heartfelt desire for each and every one of you is that God will bless and keep you all.